Hey everybody, John Fan Church of That Walls International, CWOWI.org. Sign up for my weekly thoughts and uh, my weekly thoughts and my monthly e-newsletter. That's where we put information about where we'll be, uh, conferences, online meetings, and things of that nature. Uh, today, I was directed to talk about how we got started. And I'll say it very briefly that I had been in the church system, the auditorium system for 25 years, and I was searching for where the Lord was moving next. I had seen people fall through the cracks. I had seen the politics. I'd seen the manipulation. I'd seen the uh, put it, I'd seen the spin the pastors do. I was just looking for for where the Lord was moving next. In February fourth of two thousand one, I was in the Toronto area, and the Lord appeared to me during the worship, and He came walking over to me, and to my inquiry about where He was moving next, He said, "This, see what I see." People running to and fro to this meeting of that, looking for the spectacular, thinking that is supernatural, while they miss the supernatural work in their midst, even in their own heart, for the process of discipleship is supernatural. And he said a few more things, then he said this, as it was in the beginning, so it must be now. I'm moving in relationships. That started me on a search. That was in February of one. I started searching into my great horror, into my repentance. I discovered that the whole of the New Testament was written by apostles doing church in the house to people doing church in the house. So that I had to rearrange all my thinking because I'd been 25 years in the auditorium trying to squeeze scripture into a, a structure that, that was not there in the New Testament. Uh, so I had to, I had to rethink the fivefold ministry in the home, because that was the context that the Apostle Paul, who was doing church in the house, writing to the Ephesians, uh, who were doing church in the house. And so he was writing about the fivefold. I had to rearrange my thinking on that. The Lord's Supper was in homes. So I had to think about that, what Paul shared in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, women in ministry, the gifts of the Spirit in ministry, uh, the giving and receiving, different things of that nature. I all I had to re relearn and put back in the context of the New Testament. I wrote a book called Return of the First Church, which I will gladly email the PDF to if you want to email me at cwowi.org, cwowi.org. Uh, that's called Return of the First Church. Just send me an email. I'll upload the PDF to you. My journey from 25 years in the auditorium to relationship-based faith and the things I learned. Well, I also learned in that time frame that the the house church is not meeting in houses because of persecution, but rather it was part of the synagogue system. The synagogue system began 150, 200 years before Jesus walked in the Gospels, and they met in homes, and it was meant to educate the, the Jewish people and to bring God's word and God's law to them. And so when Pentecost happened, Peter, James, and John, just they just continued in the synagogue system of meeting and, and of course, in that culture with hospitality and such and the, the rules of the synagogue back then uh, among the, the Pharisees who made the rules were that you had to have 10 males, 10, uh, 13 and above, 10 adult males, age 13 and above, in order to constitute a synagogue, a gathering in the home. The word synagogue means gathering. And so uh, to have the gathering in the home, that meant you had to have teenage boys and and dads. And so you could have three or four families. It could be, you know, it could be single uh, men or women, whatever the combination, as long as there were 10 adult males was, was their rule. Uh, house church in the early church didn't really follow that, especially once they got away from, from Judaism. But the principle of meeting in the home 
uh, recognizing that the first house church meeting was really the Lord walking in the garden with Adam and Eve, and he never left the home. Uh, they just continued that out. And so there are advantages to meeting in the home, but they don't. But we don't meet in homes because of persecution. So in November 4th, when I was learning all this and I had come to the conclusion in October, I told my wife, I said, I don't want to pastor a church again. But if I did, it'd be like Paul did out of our living room. Uh, three weeks later, I was in Edmonton, Alberta. And right during the worship service in that Sunday night service, that church, the Lord came walking over to me. The, his power, he turned up the power a little bit on this visitation. The pastor next to me fell flat on his face. <laughs> I, I, My strength left me and I fell on my knees. Three Bible school students, three guys that we had with us later said, Jesus was there tonight. Jesus was there tonight. Did you see him? He came by and looked at us and talked to us and, uh, and smiled and went on by. And uh, so they didn't hear anything that the Lord said to me. But as I knelt down, he laid hands on me and he said this. He said, you've been doing the work of an apostle, but now I'm laying hands on you as an apostle for this task. I want you to start a house church and a house church network and structure it in such a way to facilitate the development of house churches around the world. And when I asked kind of incredulously, do you have a name for this? And he, he said, the Church of That Wall is international. And so that got my attention. So I was now losing the surprise and thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm traveling all over North America. I'm earning a good living. I'm visiting churches, Bible schools. So I asked him, and it was an honest question, why do you want me to do this? And he said this. He said, it's against a time to come. Be a resource for them, for it's against a time to come. You know what? That terminology, I understood immediately. You build up a pantry in your house of foods against a time to come. The time to come is a time of lack. And so you build up a pantry against that time to draw from that. You build up a savings account against a time where there would be lack. So it's against, the savings account is against a time to come. So, and he said, you, you may start when you wish. And so we started in January of 02 uh, in our living room. And, and now our network is in, you know, 50 nations or whatever, with uh, people on the same spiritual page meeting in homes. And not because of hurt, not because of anger, not because of seeing the politics and the territorial stances that people make, the little territories they carve out for themselves or or anything of that nature, but, but rather just wanting to do church the way they did it in the New Testament. And being in that synagogue system, in the house church system, then that's how they went from 120 on the day of Pentecost to saturating the Roman Empire because they shared responsibilities. So because you're sharing responsibilities in who is hosting and because it was led by the spiritual fathers and mothers, the moms and dads who became spiritual fathers and mothers, who Paul later would define in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28 as having hearts of what is a pastor. That is, they they care for the people. You know, it's not a pastor is not in the four walls. It, it, it's actually a, a gift that men, women, children have for for caring for others, for seriousness about their own faith, but but also have a heart for others, as Paul defined it there in Acts twenty twenty eight and, and elsewhere. And so and so you know in the synagogues and in the house churches, it's led by the the spiritual fathers and mothers. And because responsibilities are shared and everything, they take turns hosting homes and who's going to lead. And so you develop a core group of people who are going to host and lead. They kept it simple in the book of Acts. Acts 2.42 tells us they were in the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking bread, which means food. It's not talking about the Lord's Supper. It's talking about breaking bread, although it could mean the Lord's Supper as well, and, fel uh, and prayer, uh, teaching, food, fellowship, and prayer. 
and those four elements. And when you share responsibilities and you're in each other's homes, it becomes a safe place, a secure place, a place where you know one another. You have the right to refuse entry to somebody that you wouldn't normally invite into your home, of course. But, but, but what's happening is that people are saying, I want the real, I want the genuine. And it's against a time to come. I think most everybody can look at the world economy and world events and say, and, and see what, that there are things happening. And they, you can sense it in your spirit as well. You know, and I've shared in, in different places in our Zoom meetings. I don't normally share prophetic things in this venue because there are too many, um, too many people there that are just wanting to cause trouble and stuff. But there were three things in this year that the Lord, three points where the Lord, especially for the U.S., talked about uh, crisis in politics and economy. And you mentioned one in the spring, and that as of this recording, that's what we're going through right now in the spring of 2023. And then there's another one in June, and then there's another one later in the year, in the fall and the winter uh, for the U.S. in politics and economy. And I'm not saying doom and gloom, because if you're in the Lord, there is provision in all things, and, and he has already provided everything that pertains to life and godliness. But what I am saying, and when I asked the Father, I said, what do you want me to share this week? And he just said, tell them how you started and, and why. It's like, okay, that's that's very unusual that he would do that. I mean, I get directed pretty much weekly on on what to say or what to, the subject matter at least, but this is a little unusual. I'm just sharing from my heart here, folks. I'm, I don't have anything pre-planned or anything. This is, you know, I'm recording this and then and then posting it. And, you know, I was commenting to Barb on the, when we were driving yesterday and I just said, you know, there's such a seriousness in the spirit. If people could hear what the spirit is saying to the church, there's such a seriousness. And I think many of you sense that seriousness. And and what we've found in these last two plus decades, as I'm recording this in our network, Church Without Walls, uh, is that people want the genuine. You know, what they had, the sense of community, the sense of family, the sense of, of safety, the sense of uh, of communication on not just on Sunday morning or whenever you meet, not just once a week, but but rather that there there are prayers and there are communications going on during the week because you're a true family, true connections, and 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 you paid the price to to invest in those relationships. And people may say, "How do I get started? How do I get started?" There's nobody near me. There's not a house church near me. What I would suggest is this: the way we see many house churches starting is that someone who is on our spiritual page. Um, and and searching for something that's real and genuine, and the teaching and fellowship and food and prayer, a simple gathering. I tell them invite somebody over for dinner or go meet them someplace, have a meal, have coffee, tea, whatever the case is, and talk about your spiritual life. And then when you do that, maybe meet at their place the next time or meet where you are again. But say let's do it again next week or let's do it again in a couple of weeks. House churches meet with purpose. And there is somebody, you know, the, when I was asking about leadership and stuff like that, because there are some in in what they call simple church or organic church who advocate that it's more like a youth group where nobody's in charge, there's no leader, et cetera. And when I asked the Lord about that, he said, everywhere I went, I had something to say. <laughs> and he said, everywhere the apostles went, they had something to say. So it's like, oh, okay, okay, so I get it. So there has to be somebody in charge. There's somebody who's going to share that week. But you rotate responsibilities. And so what I what I'm saying is, have somebody over for a meal, you know, a Friday night spaghetti dinner with the family and some other family, whatever the case is, and just talk about where you are spiritually. Have a time of prayer, maybe some worship, maybe just talk to start with. Take it slowly. Grow at the pace of the relationships. Grow at the pace of the relationships, but invest in the relationships. And and then 
we and then as it it just grows it just you you start realizing this is your spiritual life this is where it is i had one young lady who's who was now part of the house church but she first got her taste of something similar in a cell group that was did not follow the church bulletin it 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 the leaders were wise enough to go with the holy spirit and and really minister to the people and this young lady told me she said she said on paper she said i'm a member of a 5000 member mega church but I attended at that time, I attended a Thursday night prayer meeting, a cell group, small group from that church. She said, I came to the point where I realized I wasn't getting anything out of Sunday morning. My spiritual life was in that cell group on Thursday nights. And that gave her a taste for what a house church could be. And so she ended up finding a, a house church, realizing that, that that was where her spiritual life was, where the house church is the church, and it's like in Scripture, networked together with others. That's why in Scripture you see people running, you go to the book of Acts, go to the start and end of Paul's letters. You see people, see people going to and fro. They're going to Rome. They're going to Corinth. They're going to Ephesus. You know, there's communication. And, and modernized, that means that means online meetings, that means travels, that means all sorts of things. But it's the relationships that count. People are eternal. And you've got once you have an eternal perspective and you realize that the people you know in Christ right now in your life, you're going to know 500 years from now, in the millennial age, in the next age, and for 10,000 years from now, as, as Amazing Grace, as the song says in Amazing Grace, talking about, well, in 10,000 years, we'll have no less cause to, to sing his praise. Well, you're also going to know these people. Nothing is lost in Christ in terms of the relationship. So invest in them now, you know, and, and, the, and the, the church Jesus is coming back for in Matthew 25, what does he say? I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was naked. I was a stranger. I was sick. I was in prison. You fed me. You clothed me. You watered me. You, 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 you took me in. You visited me. That church, house church, is not going to confirm your faith and affirm you the way sitting in a, a building with woodwork and pews and order of service uh, is going to affirm you and confirm your faith. You're going to be affirmed by people. You're going to be affirmed by hearing what Christ in them is doing, and it will bless you because we are all living, breathing temples of God, and it's so valuable to hear what he is doing in the lives of others. And that's what House Church is about. It's furthering the discipleship process. So anyway, why did he appear to me? Why do we start? He said, it's against a time to come. So take that and and uh, pray about it. And again, if you want the book, Return of the First Church, I'm happy to upload that to you, cwowi at aol.com. And our website, cwowi.org. Anyway, our focus is really shifting more and more towards doing what Jesus said, facilitating the development of house churches around the world. And... Um, and it's appropriate for the time. All right, God bless.